Hey, Internet. It's Only Lovers Book Club coming at you with a special episode. Mother's Day? It's not Mother's Day. Mother's Day was like last week. But it is a special episode nonetheless. So if you're like a real hardcore fan, you're getting us twice this month. What? That's never <laughs> happened. <laughs> and so um, in a previous video, we were just kind of talking like, hey, I wonder what my mom would read. And then we just kind of kept developing the idea until finally we got our shit together and we got our moms to pick a book for us to talk about um, and share it with each other. And so things that I've learned is that moms don't follow instructions. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so we, we have like a, a, a range of books. Like I think our moms know we are in a book club and we definitely read romance, but romance was not like the defining choice for them. So yeah. what we're going to do is we'll just talk about um, what our moms picked and then, you know, what, what they thought, because we went ahead and talked to them about it and then what we thought, and then we'll just, we'll just talk about it. Um, but before we get into it, uh, don't forget that we have a tip jar in the description for the YouTube video and the podcast, wherever you're listening to, wherever you're listening to this on, uh, you'll find a, a link to our coffee so you can buy us a coffee. Uh, you'll find a link to uh, Andrea's um, Amazon so you can catch a copy of Westwood Monster Patrol. I don't know you why can't... I'm getting surprised by that because you do it every episode, but I still have <laughs> a moment where I'm like, ah! <laughs> um, well, I make sure to put it on my, like, on my agenda, <laughs> on, my, on my book club agenda. It's on there. So, yeah, um, and not only that, there's a cool uh, Christmas Carol um remix uh christmas barranda and me and tasha are on the cover so you should go ahead and check that out um tashai has a website where she writes her thoughts and poetry and such that's thinktashai.com and i'm mostly on instagram uh i've got a zine going on we're working on chapter two i say we're like it's more than one person but it's mostly just me um and so yeah you can check the link to all of that and where you can catch us on our socials and goodreads so just um just so you can keep in touch with us if you are so curious and are so inclined. And hi to all of our new friends. We got a few subscribers this week as well uh, over here on YouTube. I feel like this should be the 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 thing going forward for like Mother's Day month is to have yeah. our books for us. Yeah, I think it'd be cute. I like I like them. Yeah, and also because I just I can't help but when I think about my mom reading books, I think about me not being allowed to read those books and then sneaking them and reading them anyway. Well, I feel like when I was growing up, I did read a lot of my mom's books and we did talk about them, like Mary Higgins Clark and John Grisham. And yeah. so I would read those kinds of books and like we would talk about it, but I was just I mean, I don't know. I she had these kinds of books lying around everywhere and I was just not tempted <laughs> at all. I was. <laughs> so I would like go through them and be like, is there sex in this? <laughs> so let us begin. Who wants to go first? I think maybe I want Andrea to go first because she's got like an actual romance, but that's just me. <laughs> from the cover, um, it's bright red. It's got hearts and glitter and it's got a gold little naked baby on it. A little cherub. A cute little cherub. It's so appropriate. You know what? I never know how to say it right in English, so I was just going to skip over the word. But thank you, Chris. <laughs> cherub with the hard <laughs> But if you've had a few ciders, then cherub. cherub. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so my mom picked a book by Jude Devereaux 
That's how you say her name, right? Mm -hmm. I know that because uh, golden one of the golden girls is Blanche Devereaux, and that's how I know how to pronounce her name. My mom always says it in Spanish, so she. What does she say? Jude Devereaux, and so I was like, I just want to make sure. Um, anyway, uh, this is her favorite American romance author. Um, my mom likes to read a lot of romance. It's mostly like either romance or like light mysteries and thrillers, um, but very consistently romance throughout her whole life. And uh, so this is what she picked for me. Um, we're just doing a quick summary, right? Yeah, uh, if you want to read the back and then like you can go into more details about it. Cause I mean, I want to know what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think the honestly, like I think the blurb in the back is terribly written. So I'm just going to give you like my. Yes, my yes, that's what I want. That's exactly what I want. Um, so the book is called Wishes. Um, and it's called that because it starts out with this lady who's dead and she lands in this like purgatory where rich selfish women land and they have to like help other people in order to get out of there right so her assignment is to all help the men <laughs> yeah. um, all the so karens women all across time so this woman is from like i don't remember what era but her assignment is to help this woman in a little bit more modern times um like be happy Right. That's her that's her thing. And it's really difficult for this ghost person. The chapters kind of alternate between the two perspectives, um, because the main character is like very shy, very selfless. Um, she's always described as very pretty, but very fat. And so this everyone. Oh, like, no. <laughs> I know we'll talk about it. OK. OK. <laughs> so, you know, you have your like romantic interest and actually this book was kind of funny because the, the guy in the book was into her from the start. Like there was never an issue of him being into her. It was more the main character's um, devotion to her family and her family treating her like shit and gaslighting her at every corner and trying Aww. to like, make this not happen. Yeah. But this ghost isn't like a great ghost, right? Cause she's like a super selfish woman. So it takes a while before yeah. Like if she had just gotten her shit together, like this could have had a happy ending in 20 pages, but mm -hmm. because she sucks as a fairy godmother, <laughs> <laughs> took a whole book. Um, but anyway, that's basically what it's about. I asked her why she picked this book and she said that this author is kind of an auto buy for her, that um, she's pretty much read all of her books and she doesn't think the newest ones are as good. Like. She secretly thinks she may may have a ghostwriter or something. <laughs> I mean, uh, goals, right? At a certain point, you just stop writing your I own mean, books. Too. Yeah, I mean, she's. I looked her up, and the author is is she's she's an old lady now. But um, basically, she said that um, this author has always written historical fiction, and so in the beginning, all her books were set in like the 1500s and the 1600s, like way back. And that this series, because this is apparently book 14 in a series about this like family, it's like gen like each book is like a different generation or something. And so by this book, they're in like the 1800s. Um, and so like the, the main guy character is like the son of a lady who's in another book. And then that lady is like someone else. So it's like the saga of their family, but the books aren't really connected other than it's like, now my cousin's falling in love. Now my grandson, you know. Mm -hmm. all of this, like, 
And so she said she liked this one because it was slightly more modern, but it still felt old fashioned and it still felt like she was reading like historical romance, but she could like identify with it more. Um, and that one of the things she really likes about Jude is that her books are always funny too. And she thinks this one is especially funny. Um, so she wouldn't say that this is her favorite Jude Devereaux book, but it's one that she enjoys reading like, like over and over again, because it's just funny, it's light. Um, and she actually said that she read this book when it came out, which was in 1989. So she first read it in 1989, people, which is wow. to me. And she still remembers this book. So I don't know. like what an impact on her. Left an impression. So she's read it a couple times. But yeah, she did. I did ask her that. I was like, mommy, like this book came out a long time. Walgreens. Yeah. Your mom's got a photo of herself next to that. So I asked her what she thought of the romance. And she thought that. She said that the main character drove her nuts because she was so pathetic, but that oh. she loves the guy main character. And so that's why she's like rooting for the romance because What's she- What do you like about him? Listen, I, he's handsome, he's rich and sweet. Like I thought he wasn't that great, but apparently she really liked him. Mm -hmm. um, he was very chivalrous too. So I don't know, I'm guessing that. So he's like, okay. Um, she said she really liked the the rich, selfish ghost too. That she like made her laugh. Yeah, is it like a Devil's Wear Prada type situation where you're like yeah. rooting for Meryl Streep's character, uh, even though she's kind of like the antagonist? <laughs> yeah, like you want her to like become better and help these people. And um, um, and I did tell her that I had a huge problem with the fat shaming in the book, and she kind of was just like. Eh, different times this was in the 80s which mm -hmm. is what i expected her to say so um and so the last thing i asked her was um which this is actually really sad i said would you recommend this book to anybody else and she said i don't have any friends who read romance so reading romance has always been like a really private thing for me and Nancy, i you've got us <laughs> and she said that she's tried to share some of them with her sisters but they just like don't appreciate the romance. I was just like, mommy. <laughs> so sad. That's like decades of her reading these books and not being able to talk to anyone. Oh, no. Well, she can always talk to us about it, you know, or at least you. I feel like, isn't this great? Now you can look, I'm not going to say well, that I, I have forged work. a new connection with your mom, but like if I hadn't gotten you to join this book club, you wouldn't have started reading romance and we wouldn't be here right now. It's true, it's true because for Mother's Day, I actually got her two of our OLL books so that we could talk about it. Yay. So I got her the Silver Spoon book. Um, Silver Lining by Maggie yeah. Osborne. <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> Silver Lining because I know she's gonna love it. It's like her sweet romantic type of book. And then I got her Ghost Bride because I think it'll be a little bit outside of her comfort zone, but not too much and she'll still really enjoy it. And so I told her that once she gets them and reads them that we can definitely have our own little my mom doesn't know that we're on youtube she just thinks that we've spent years just sweetly talking about books the old-fashioned okay. way i mean but she's not wrong 
She also doesn't know the kinds of books that Christina likes to pick. Like she would probably be horrified if she knew the smut that I have been subjected to. <laughs> I don't know, maybe she'd be horrified by the weird morality porn you make me read, just saying. What morality porn? Bethe and war are like morality <laughs> romance. We're talking, let's not go down this rabbit hole. I'm just saying. Speak I feel like. <laughs> So it sounds like you had a really pleasant experience connecting with your mom. You know, I, I'll say this, like I, and obviously like we can get into our own personal opinions about the books later, but I will say that this is exactly the kind of book that I pictured my mom recommending to me. Like 100% expectations met. This, this is the kind of book that I would have assumed she would love and read. Oh, that's okay. right. Yeah. All right, cool. So do you, you want to go next, Sasha, or do you want me to go next? Um, I can go next. Mine's okay. it's pretty short. Um, not short, but. So the book my mom uh, recommended to me was The Shape of Night by Tess Gerritsen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, I can read you the Goodreads description pretty quickly. Um, I will say I <laughs> my mom did me dirty because my mom didn't like this book but <laughs> but it was the most recent book she had read that had like a romance implication when you start reading it and a it rom- an implication of romance I like yeah. that <laughs> and, and so she was like oh this is going to be cuz my mom reads like thrillers like mystery books suspense she reads like um Tess Gerritsen is the one who writes like the Rosalie and Isle series Oh, and so my mom loves like a detective and like genre. My dad does too. Like they they both love Tess Gerritsen's books. Rizzoli and Isles. Yeah, Wait, is it? Does she yeah. also write? Does she also write the like the the Murder Club or something like that? Or um, um, the Murder Club is from. Um, is it the Murder? I know it's not the Murder Club. I just there's, there's a guy. There's a guy. I wrote it down. James Patterson. She loves reading James Patterson's Murder Club, which has mm-hmm. like yes, this is when it ghost writers. <laughs> he's, he's like it very openly he's yeah. like yeah pay people to write my books so yeah good for him, <laughs> good for him. but Honestly. she reads so she reads like james patterson's like murder novels she's read some nora roberts um because oh, yeah, my like, mom likes nora roberts too yeah she calls them like airport reads because you like you go, you browse, you try to find something to write. What's happened to your mom? Because my mom will read one of those books. She'll love it. And then years later, she'll read it again. And because her memory isn't great, she'll forgot who did it. So then she'll be like reading it. And she's like, I know, I know, but I don't remember. What happened? And she'll be like, I knew that. I knew it was like my mom. My mom has accidentally bought and read the same book like three different times. And not I, and and then like, like four chapters, six chapters, ten chapters, and she's like, "Wait a minute!" Like I feel please. like no, that's happened to my mom too. I feel like they would be friends. <laughs> I told I told mom, I'm like, "This is why you need Goodreads, mom, because I've accidentally done it once or twice, and now I fucking know." Before I buy a book, I check my fucking. No, Goodreads my mom. So I made my mom get a Goodreads when I published my book because I was like, "You will go and review it." <laughs> but now she like uses it to like find new romance books to read. Yay! So like, like she doesn't yeah. mark anything as read or you know, but she'll like go and read the reviews and be like, "Oh, this seems like a good book." <laughs> okay, so the book says. 
A woman trying to outrun her past is drawn to a quiet coastal town in Maine and to a string of unsolved murders. In this haunted tale of romantic suspense from New York Times bestselling author Tess Gerritsen, Ava Collette is punishing herself for an unspeakable tragedy, so she flees Boston and rents an old home named Brody's Watch on a remote coastal peninsula of Maine, hoping to work on a cookbook inspired by New England cuisine that she's been trying to finish for months. She immediately feels at peace in the, in the isolated house until she starts to hear strange noises. Rumor has it that a sea captain named Brody has haunted the house for decades. Then, one night, Ava is awakened to find herself face-to-face -face with an apparition who looks and feels all too real. <gasps> Meanwhile, there's been a series of accidental deaths nearby that don't add up. And as Ava starts to check into the previous renter's mysterious disappearance, she starts to realize that there's a disturbing secret some in town are desperate to keep hidden. Soon all of Ava's waking hours are consumed by her investigation, and her nights are ignited by Captain Brody's ghostly visits. But even as she questions her own sanity, she knows she must uncover the truth before a killer strikes again. Okay, but that sounds great. <laughs> right? I was like, okay, over. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Give it to us straight. Like, was that the book that you read? <laughs> that is the book that this story tried to be. Okay. <laughs> okay, so basically, Because for me, like, hearing that, I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's yeah, like yeah. a ghost and he's going to have sex with her as a ghost, but he's also murdering people, but he's already dead. So how are we going to find justice? Yeah, <laughs> that's, so that's what we, that's what you think is going to happen. Right. And uh, by the way, the sunset's like going away. So now the lighting is less dramatic. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's what we thought the book was going to be. Um, and my mom was really upset because so a lot of the romance she ends up reading is because there's, they're free downloads. They're like free mm -hmm. Kindle downloads. And so she'll read these suspense investigation thriller books and then in between every couple of books she'll read a romance to cleanse her palate and like relax. So she starts reading this one and first of all she stopped reading it at night because she started getting scared because of the Whoa. ghost. <laughs> so she started being like ooh and and like wasn't able to read it at night for a bit and ended up having to read it during the daytime to not be as was nervous. So scary? Like did you think it was scary too? No. But it was probably like <laughs> it was probably like it was probably like mysterious enough that mom's like her imagination started no, going. Mom, mom's a scaredy cat. Like she can't handle scary movies. Like <laughs> it's, it's a whole thing. So the fact that she's reading like ghost sex, I thought was really funny. But gotcha. <laughs> how do I how do I explain this? Okay, basically, the main character fucking sucks. Oh. Like she she there there was so much potential for this book to be so much better than it was i gave it three stars because my mom recommended it to me and i felt bad giving anything she recommended to me less than three stars but she didn't like it either she read it and was like and she was really upset because she loves tess garrettson and she paid for this book so that's why my mom was super upset too was because not, the club was it not, good. <laughs> not only was it like not as good as she like had hoped it would be because she loves tess garrettson but she paid for it. So she's like, I'm going to finish this fucking book because I paid for it. Um, but so basically she says this is like the weakest book that she's ever read from Tess Gerritsen. And usually all her other books are really, really good. So she was really disappointed by that. But and why did you want to like throw that on you? Well, because my mom is a <laughs> terrible person. <No. laughs> I told you she did me dirty. She's like, bueno, you want a romance. There's sex in this. Here you go. I'm like, it's, it's, I think it's because she just doesn't read romance often enough to like 
remember options to recommend to me and because mm -hmm. this was the most recent like pseudo romance she read she was like well, ah, but mira, how about, okay i want to know okay so when did you guys have the conversation of when when did she tell you that she didn't like, like this she didn't book? like it when so, you were done or when you were like no. halfway so halfway through the book i chatted her and i'm like mommy um <laughs> so i'm curious because um so in in the book this woman basically moves to this house because of like some some mysterious thing which you already know what it is like as soon as you start reading the book you basically know that um i'm gonna spoil it because it doesn't fucking matter um spoiler alert for no Tess Garrison's yeah. ghost pirate sex book spoiler, spoiler alert este... So this, she's an alcoholic. Like all these books always have this like alcoholic white woman who's trying to run away from something terrible that happened. But the terrible thing that happened was that she got drunk and fucked her sister's husband oh, wait, well. during New Year's. And then he like is wasted and is like, I'm gonna go home, drives away, gets into a car accident, ends up like in a coma and then dies. And she never tells her sister that she Ooh. fucked this dude. So then she's like an alcoholic now and is depressed. And, and, and the thing is like, the thing that pissed me off is that the book doesn't explicitly state that she fucked this guy until like 75% of the way through the book. All of it is like the thing that I did. I can't believe the thing oh, that happened. That. And it keeps dropping these hints, but you already know that she had sex with him. Like, yeah. like immediately you're like, oh wow, you, you fucked this dude. That sucks, you're a terrible person. Yeah. But it keeps implying, like, oh, and then she, like, cuts her sister off and doesn't talk to her sister anymore. And her sister's trying to reach out and figure out what happened. And so she's just being a terrible person all the way through. Um, and so she moves to this coastal place to try to, like, isolate herself and finish this book that she's supposed to be writing. But she's too busy drinking, like, finishing off bottles of wine every night. And so, <laughs> and so she starts, like having these experiences with this ghost and you think it's going to be this like sexy like ooh is this real is this not real and agenda some... we need to find a ghost sex book to read <laughs> bueno, so so it is like the the ghost stuff the, the way we got through it it's like you can't 100% be sure if there is a ghost or if she's just like a fucking reliving alcoholic. fucking the the fucking the brother yeah because the, the brother no the husband well, once once the sex starts happening, it's like Fifty Shades of Grey sex. Like the ghost is like tying her up, is tying her to the bed. He like spanks her. Like there's some BDSM stuff happening, but it's also this like morality thing of the ghost being like, I'm giving you what you want. And because she's so guilt ridden, what she wants is to be punished. Mm. And so there's this weird back and forth of like, are you enjoying this sex? Because the ghost is like shaming you in front of other random ghosts that appeared here. For cool. in one scene, she's being like slut shamed in front of in, like some other random ghosts. Como que yo no entiendo. Like yeah, so it was like weird. Like you didn't know how you were supposed to feel about yeah. it. Yeah, and I didn't know how I was supposed to feel about it because if it's supposed to be sexy, like it's kind of for a little. But as soon as a ghost shows up. I would have been like, I'm gonna go. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> leave the planet. <laughs> I'm not trying to like fuck a ghost who's trying to like tie me to a bed. If I feel like in a situation with a ghost, I cannot leave the space of my own volition. Then like, this isn't sexy to me. This is a poltergeist. Like, I'm not gonna stay here. 
<laughs> she's like, I deserve to be punished. No man has ever satisfied me like this ghost. So the writing is just kind of not cool. And then, and then the the disappearance thing is like this whole separate situation. And and it's weird how they try to tie the situation up because the big reveal is there's this Harry Connick Jr. motherfucker oh, who lives in the town who's a doctor who's very good looking and he's like hitting on her and she's doing the thing where instead of telling him I'm not interested in you she's like I'm gonna let him keep hitting on me and I'm gonna let him take me out on dates and I'm gonna let him kiss me and I'm hoping that I forget both my guilt and the fact that I'm having sex with this ghost with Harry Connick Jr. But it bites her in the ass because guess what? He's the murderer. Like, oh no, Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick again. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. is the one who like has been nice guying these women, like two or three different women who lived in this town, and somehow no one has suspected this like. Wait, so then does, she, does she like jilt the ghost? Do they end up together? No, because the ghost isn't like her love interest. He basically becomes this like this manifestation of all of her guilt and so they start off having sex and then it ends with him like punishing her like like moralizing her slut shaming her basically trying to get her to admit that she fucked her sister's husband even though you already know this happened he like pushes her until she finally says it he's like admit it what did you do what did you do she's like and then finally 70 percent of the way through the book she's like i had sex with my sister's husband like she says it and oh well and then the, <laughs> and, then the, and then the use of the ghost kind of like doesn't it's not necessarily useful anymore like then they bring in some like ghost detectives to try to figure out if the ghost is real or not but while all of this is happening this other dude is like nice guying her still and she eventually like finds clues in this painting series because he's also a painter who paints really well and that's how she figures out that he murdered these other women. And then he tries to kill her, but the ghost intercedes. Like, there's so much happening. They tried so hard to shove all of these things together. Like, it should have either been this woman's an alcoholic and she's seeing things and there's a murderer and she's trying to figure out if she's imagining it or not. Or there's a ghost who she's fucking. And at the same time as that's happening, she's like, like she and him form a relationship and he tries to help her figure stuff out. But there was like all this slut shaming. She's just drinking all the time, which I fucking hate. Like I hate mm. the the tool of like this woman is broken and and is an alcoholic and like that's how what serves to make her the You know what? I had I had the exact same problem in my book because in my book they had the character cope with things by eating because she's fat. As they like yeah. say every two sentences, but then, and I told Chris this at one point, they say that she weighs 160 pounds. Stop. No, so she's, but then, but then I swear, like every other page, it's like she ate the whole pie and then she ate another pie and then she thought about what her sister was saying and she ate three cupcakes. And this is like every day. And I'm like, one, it would be impossible for someone to eat like this and weigh 160 pounds. Two, like, we get it. She's eating her feelings. I don't think she could eat this much without getting sick. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just like a, it, it, it's just like, ah, está triste. Vamos a describir un párrafo de todo lo que se comió. Ah, está yeah. triste. Va a comer. And you're like, I get it. Stop <laughs> telling me. <laughs> so in this book, it's like, I'm going to have another glass of wine. I deserve it. I'm going to have another glass of wine. Whoops, finished a bottle of wine by myself. But she's never hungover. She's never throwing up. Like, That's what I'm saying. 
<laughs> like so that just so that just kept irritating me and and it was just like there was just so much going on that nothing was brought to a satisfying ending and and it just it just irritated me i was like this was a waste of a perfectly good ghost sex premise like yeah. i'm very upset. i'm mad about it i'm mad about it you know what i'm mad about yeah. it i'm mad about it sounded really good when you read it the does practice. Okay, so it's, when you talk to your mom about it, like when you when you talk to her about it, like what, like what what was the conversation? What what y'all talk about? So so I, I asked her like, oh you know, um, like why did you pick this book? And she said, oh well you know I love Tess Gerritsen, and I was trying to find something to read in between uh, two other mystery books I was reading, and I saw it was romantic, and usually I will read like a romance novel here or there to cleanse my palate, um, and that was the most recent one I read, and because it had like. <laughs> what sounded like a strong female lead and some tension and ghost sex. I thought it was the kind of book you guys might like. Okay. I um, mean, it's true. It, she's just had yeah, no, it, yeah. checked all boxes. it checked all the boxes. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, so she, she told also, me Harry Connick Jr. Was in this. I know. <laughs> it was like, and I described it just like that. I'm like, mommy, there's a the Harry Connick Jr. Looking ass. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate when they do that. Like, uh, Oh my God. I just, the, the tool of the nice guy. There's nothing I will ever get more irritated by. Um, but so she felt the same way I did, that there was a lot of potential for the plot and for where it could have gone, but we just didn't know where it would, like, it was just frustrating in, in a similar way for all, for both of us. Mm -hmm. And we both ended up just kind of talking about like, okay, like, what did you like? And the suspense and the mystery and, and some of the detectiving stuff was interesting. The main character sucked. She's just like super, super, super weak. And the fact that all of this is, is created by an issue that she brought upon herself. Because like, you can get as wasted as you want to get. You chose to fuck your sister's husband. Like, you mm -hmm. did that to yourself. Don't don't pretend. Like, oh, they were all hanging out. The sister's a fucking nurse, like as a doctor. So she gets called. She's sober on New Year's. She gets called to go to the hospital. And they're both left alone in the apartment and then like stumble into each other. She's going to fall and he catches her and then they start making out. Like, don't fucking set this up like this was the one incident. Because if this is what's happening, it's because there must have been like a long time of tension and stuff there and if that's the case then you're a bad person like how, <laughs> how did you put yourself into this situation where like oh you feel so guilty because you did this thing her whole guilt thing is that she wanted him to die so that he wouldn't ever tell her sister what happened oh and maybe she like, like made that happen like that's what she's guilty so i was like oh like maybe she killed him like what's going on but that's not what happened he just he got drunk gone to a car accident yeah. died good premise terrible and, execution maybe yeah and her whole guilt thing is like not only is she guilty about fucking him but she's guilty because she wanted him to die when the accident stuff happened and i'm like mm, i mean <laughs> stop pretending like you're a good moral person because the minute you made the move on him you it's should have so sent him home Huh? What did Christina just send us? Who is this? That's, That's Harry a Connie. picture of Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Um, just so um, you can imagine, I know that no, you I don't agree. know who we're talking about. So you're right. I didn't know. And now I know. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> he's a guy from Hope Floats. Don't get to shy started. <laughs> I'm sure he's fine as a person, but it's fine. Whatever. We'll talk about this some other day. Um, 
pero but yeah so so basically just just the, the question of like who who is a good person or or how does this person get redemption i'm like Reduce no you're still a bad person like you're still a bad person like she doesn't find redemption because at the end of the book she's not she's she doesn't tell her sister what happened she's like well the only the best thing for like the most just thing for me to do is to carry this truth with me forever and stop ignoring my sister and like be the best sister i can be and just accept that i'm a bad person i'm like look you didn't have to go through this you you had sex with him you all could have like either agree never to tell anybody ever at all and choose to be those people or he goes away and gets into a car accident and you either shut the fuck up about it or you tell your sister but she shuts the fuck up about it puts her sister in a, in a place of like feeling like she did something wrong because she stops talking to her she starts drinking desaparece her sister's like trying to figure out why she's not talking to her she cuts her off it's this whole thing so not only did your sister lose her husband but you then disappear making things even worse for her because you feel so guilty about this thing you chose to do yeah, so, so there wasn't like a satisfying arc you know there like there's no growth. there's okay. no growth she basically to herself admits like i guess i did want him dead wow i'm a bad person i'm never gonna tell my sister okay i'm done having those sex <laughs> oh, oh, big this, yikes this dude tried to like um nice guy date me but i don't want to date him then the dude tries to kill her because he's the one who's killed all these other people he tries to kill her death. the ghost saves her and then she moves away and that's it like Wait, the you ghost never... saved the day so it yeah. was a real ghost yeah like she the was ghost... fucking a real ghost it wasn't all yeah. in her head no yeah the ghost like grapples the guy and pushes him off the widow's walk <laughs> she, she hears it she doesn't see it because she gets beaten up and then um and then and then she moves away and this like mom and two kids move into the house because the whole thing is like the reason you know maybe it's like in my book to shy maybe he was stuck in purgatory and his task was helping this lady and he just interpreted that as i need to go have sex with her to be punished i'm gonna be her her daddy dom but the thing is that the ghost has fucked many women before she moved into the house. The uh, whole is this like a, that weird Star Trek episode where that ghost fucks all of the ladies in this family? The thing with yes, the thing with the house is that Sabrosa, Sabrosa, whoever whoever moves into the house, the ghost like either rejects you and then you feel really uncomfortable and people move away, or it it ha the ghost has a legacy of like single women living there for their whole lives and dying in the house of old age, and it's because the ghost is fucking them and they're like, cool, I'm just gonna stay here. But she's but she shows up and is like oh that's a terrible that's the least interesting part that's the ghost in the house is the best part and it's the least utilized thing like oh, I would love like a visitation through the decades of this ghost having sex yes. with all these different women and the relationships there but instead she's the one who showed up to the party and like made it a bummer so the ghost is like I guess you just want me to like shame you okay so he does that. And then and he then goes to heaven. And then, no, no, because a different woman moves in with her no, two kids. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I know. I just mean like. The situation is that the ghost is like gonna now fuck this new lady who's like happy in the house and feels accepted in the house. He's like, I finally got over my ex-husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so then the and so then the doctor's dead because the ghost like fucking killed him. They find evidence that he's the one that killed all these other women, and she like finishes her book, and it's a success. Yeah, yeah. And, like, 
and then she, and then her sister shows up and she's like, I'm sorry. Doesn't tell her anything that happened. Like all of this was for naught. She never confesses anything to her Damn. sister. So but I do Mia. So then mom so then we talked it over. We came up with all the ways this could have been a better book. <laughs> Example, um, the guy kills the woman and then she is a ghost with the ghost. What? And then both of them have to solve they have the to murder. Solve oh man. Like, Someone needs to write to Terry Anders. What's her name? Uh Tess Garrettson. Tess Garrettson. <laughs> like it's- you know, both of us were like, oh, like either this dude's situ- situation never comes up and it's just her and the ghost kind of trying to, you know, work through her issues. Or she gets murdered by the guy because she's a dumbass, and then she and the ghost have to figure out how to bring this guy to justice. Or it's just and a they fall in love in the afterlife. And move on together. We like, fixed it. So many ways this book could have been so much better, but it was not. And I finished it, and I was like, "Mom, did you like this book?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> no. But- <laughs> And then, I, and then she's like, I thought it was going to be like una novelita rosita, but then it got very Fifty Shades. Um, and like she, that's what she said. She's like, se puso bien Fifty Shades en una parte. Y me quedé como que, huh? Like, what is happening? ¿Por qué está pasando esto? Yo no entiendo. This isn't what this book was supposed to be. And so then we were, we were both just like left confused as to the purpose of this book. That's gotcha. basically what happened is, is the book has no real purpose and she thought that um she also couldn't tell if the woman was crazy or not so that was honest if your mom had not given you this book if you had just picked it up at the library what rating would you have given it like a two it had one or two parts that were kind of funny but it was few and far between and i asked her would you recommend this book to anybody else and she's like no she's like i'm upset i paid for it (laughs) She's like, I'm mad. I spent money on this, but you know, I want to make I, anyone I, else spend their hard-earned cash. I was like, give mine a thirty bucks. So, I, I did give mine a two, and it was solely because of the like shaming, yeah. shaming. Because the rest of it was like, it was silly, but it was like sweet. It was, you know, I'd rather read that than you know, Sex Planet. Um, yeah. <laughs> or Fifty Shades yeah. of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, exactly. But the fat shaming just made me like so uncomfortable constantly that I was like, I'm sorry, I need, I can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was just that one thing I couldn't get past. So I gave mine a two as well. She loves, she has good taste in books. And I know Tess Gerritsen writes good books. So I think it was one of those things where she invested in the author, not the plot. Mm-hmm. And then was just like disappointed. And it's the most recent romance she read so she was like okay toma you'll like have stuff to talk about because it's ghosts it's murder and there's like 50 shades of great ghost sex i mean she's not wrong she's not wrong it had all the potential to be like oh cool pero god wow what a roller coaster ride tosh (laughs) (laughs) sexy ghost roller coaster ride um well damn well Strap up, strap in because I'm about to take you on a magical journey <laughs> called Sydney Sheldon's Master of the Game. So a little backstory. These are the books that were in my house. We had many, we had like a ton of books, right? But this is also Sydney Sheldon is also my mom's go-to author, like her favorite author. I think it was just one of like she picked up one of his books and you know she really enjoyed it and just made her way through his catalogs. And I get it. I get the appeal. I, I do think your your book has the best cover out of all of ours. I mean, it's yeah. very snazzy. 
Yeah. Yeah, when I saw I, it, I was just like, "Woo, that looks amazing!" Look yeah, at that. Uh, and it's it's a thick boy. It's it's real thick, you know. I got like five hundred plus pages of of. Josh, where, where'd you go? Are you turning on the light? Yeah, I'm turning. I'm making it brighter in here. Okay. <laughs> Sunset's happening, so it's like. So, um, when I when we kind of like came up with the idea, I went ahead and asked my mom. I said, "Hey, you know, I need a, a book. Recommend a book to me uh, for a book club," and. It's not that she didn't follow the instructions. I, I think I just went with her first choice and then refused to change my choice. Yeah. She was like, oh, well, you should read Sidney Sheldon's Master of the Game. That was like the first book that came to her mind because it was like her favorite book from this author or one of her like top favorites, one of the most memorable, memorable ones because she's read his books many, many times. Also, fun fact, he used to write for the show um, I Dream of Jeannie, you know, the... Oh. Yeah, and in, and I also read that um he didn't actually start writing books until like later on in his life is one of those and nice. I just thought that was really cool. He's like super duper published. Like he's his books have like 300 million copies, okay, all around the world. It's insane. Um someday. <laughs> uh the world's master storyteller. And you know, he writes thrillers and they are there are like sexy parts, there are aspects of romance, but yeah, these are the books that I would sneak, you know? My mom would be like, no, not yet, Chris. Like, you can read these when you're older, which meant that I needed to do everything in my power <laughs> to read them. <laughs> so I would sneak them and they were never like that bad. I got to a point where my mom just kind of gave up and she just let me read them and it was fine. Like nothing happened. I didn't jump off the roof and thought I could fly on a broomstick, you know? <laughs> um, that was the reason why I was not allowed to read Harry Potter for a little while there. Um, so yeah, so she recommended Master of the Game. She also recommended a Daniel Steele called The Kiss. Hmm. And oh, when Daniel Steele too, that's another yeah. No, of course, but I just didn't. After she recommended this one, and I looked it up, I was pretty like set on reading this one, even if it didn't fit like the ro romance category. Um, and so <sighs> this book was a ride. Like it was a, it was an insane ride for me. I could not stop like scream, like not screaming, but just like reacting every other page because mm -hmm. crazy shit happens. So this is like a una telenovela. It's a telenovela, and it's um one of these books that's like a family saga, but within the same book. Like we start the book with the grandfather, and then we have the actual protagonist, Kate uh, Blackwell, and then her son, and then her grandchildren. Um, but it all kind of centers around um her being the master of the game. <laughs> so um I don't know, do you guys want me to read the back of it or do you just kind of want want me to give you, you read the, the back of it? Okay, so I'll read that and then I'll tell you more or less what happens in each of the sections. And if you are someone who's interested in re reading Sydney Sheldon's catalog, there's better than this, I think. Um but obviously there's going to like if you want to read this and you don't want to like get spoiled, I'm about to like spill the entire tea on the book. So the back of it reads, um, Kate Blackwell is the symbol of success, the beautiful woman who parlayed her inheritance into an international conglomerate. She's an uber capitalist. Winner of a unique position among the wealthy and world-renowned. She's also a survivor as indomitable, thank you, as her father, who returned from the edge of death to wrench a fortune in diamonds from the hard South African soil. Not celebrating her 90th birthday, Kate surveys the family that she has manipulated, dominated, and loved. The fair, the grotesque, the mad, and the mild, the good, and the evil. Her winnings in life. Is she the master of the game? 
Yes. So, um, <laughs> Streep, please. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, because, you know, anyway. So, okay, buckle up. Part one. I'm going to try to condense it as much as I can, but just uh, trust me that when I say a lot happens, there's a lot that happens in the books. We start off with actually her dad, who's, um, well, we start off with her at her 90th birthday party and she's like looking back and then she's kind of like remembering the ghosts of the past. And then we act, act chapter one or part one is divided into like a few years is Jamie, who is her dad. So her dad is Scottish and he, when he's a young man decides that he wants to make his fortune mining diamonds in Africa. He goes to Africa and basically uh, South Africa. Ooh, guys, relax. Don't freak out. Not actual Africa, like South Africa. Not where the pigs are. <laughs> <laughs> There's one person of color of like any importance in this entire book, by the way, even though the story takes place in Africa. Um, and so he goes there and he goes through hell. Like he, he is just so determined to make his fortune. He trusts this guy, Manda, M Vandemove, to rent yes, to give him some equipment. And he's like, okay, I'll sign this contract. And the contract's in Afri Afri African, but... Um, in African? Oh, no, that's what, that's, that's, that's the language. That's what the book says? <laughs> mm -hmm. And so um, the contract is written in African and he can't understand it, but he's like, yo, just trust me. And so he goes. And he like has a hard time, but he strikes, he, he hits a diamond vein. I don't know. Yeah. And he comes back and he's like, yo, I like signed it up under her name. And he's like, cool. Thanks for signing it under my name. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, haha, I scammed you. And he's like, how could you? And he took all of like, basically he fucking scammed the shit out of him. And so he's got this like young, he's got this daughter. When he meets her, she's like um, a very, like a late teen, but like the way that the author describes her, you know she's gonna become like something more. She's like 17 and you know, just has the body of a woman and with like the desires and you know, she looks at him with hungry eyes and His get ready, daughter. that repeats a lot. <laughs> and um, he decides um, with this other guy, Banda. So Banda or Banda is the, is, he's just like a, 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 an African who wants revenge on the guy who scammed Jamie because he raped his sister. And this is said in like, yeah, he raped my sister. I want to fucking get that guy. And he's like, okay, let's get him. They sneak onto this beach. Um, they almost fucking die. They almost get shot. They manage to steal a bunch of diamonds. And then they come back. But then they don't come back and like announce themselves. He takes on a new identity. And because he looks so different now, because the, the world has changed him, he <laughs> decides to go back to the guy who scammed him, but under a different identity. So he goes on buys a bunch of shit at the bank, he cashes in his diamonds, he's like rolling in it. He looks like a completely different person. He Count goes to the, huh? Yes, yes, basically yes, but like awful, get ready. So he goes to the guy and he's like, yo, like I heard that like, you know, you've got some sort of business. I don't know, do you want to partner with me? And the guy's like, yeah. And he's like, cool, I see this contract's an African. Let me go talk to my contacts. And he basically, he makes it legit. Meanwhile, he starts seeing the man's daughter. He seduces her, gets her pregnant. And when he's like, oh, let's go tell your dad the great news. They go to tell the dad the news. And the dad is like, oh, great. So you're going to marry my daughter? He was like, no, don't you recognize me? I'm the man you scammed. Now your daughter is soiled forever. 
time that he yeah. leaves. <laughs> We're halfway through chapter one. So, <laughs> so oh, 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 needless oh. to say, I really, I enjoyed the super high drama, but again, we're not done. So um, the girl, she, like she gets kicked out. Her dad kicks her out and she's like, oh no, like, what am I going to do? And she like shacks up with these like prostitutes in the area and basically forces her way back into his life through like, you know, his like, you know, she has the baby and he ends up like really caring for, for his son, but he has absolutely wants nothing to do with her. Um, he goes and sees like these, he goes and he has like his mistresses, right? Um, and you know, years go by and she loves him. No matter, he treats her like shit and she still is like, I'll always love him. I hate that I hate him, but I hate that I love him more. One of those. And yeah, so he ends up getting into a fight with his mistress whose name is Margaret or Maggie, but his baby mama's name is Margaret. He comes home drunk and he accidentally, he doesn't accidentally, he like fucks her when he's really drunk. The mistress. Oh, and he gets her pregnant with the protagonist but he never meets her because there's a revolution and then banda comes and basically he has like the diamond mine there's an accident and one of the leader's sons get killed it's his fault it's jamie's fault so they come and they kill the son that he had with with um the lady and banda came to save kate and she's safe but then the guy when he finds out that his son has been murdered has a stroke and he dies end of that part so it's just the mom and kate and so i she never really meets or interacts with her dad but she obviously inherits all of the things that he has like built he's like built an empire she's rich beyond imagining when she's born and the whole thing is that i think that it's set up that way because it's meant to be that she inherited his like insane evil drive for business <laughs> power. and power yeah you know like um even if she had been raised by like anyone else she still would have been this like evil master of the game type of person so um the next part is her growing up she goes to school but she's like this insufferable child because mm -hmm. she's fucking rich and her dad had a right hand man hold on i don't remember his name david my mom would be slapping me right now. I think it's David. Ooh, hold on, hold on. Ooh, David. So David is um, was Jamie's right-hand man, but then he kind of like takes over the company. And then when she, Kate is very young, she's like, yo, David, you and me, we're going to get married. And David's like, ha, ha, ha. Stop, you're a child. Here's <laughs> <laughs> Pat. Yeah, yeah, years pass and she's still kind of like, she goes to college, she comes back and her mom dies of cancer. And... She comes back and she's like, yo, I'm ready to take over this company and your heart. And he's like, well, well guess what? I'm getting married. And she's like, that's great. Sex so, sack. Yeah. So she, um, he basically is having like a really great relationship with this chick and he wants to actually ends up wanting to leave the company because he wants to kind of like start something of his own from scratch. Like I'm going to say it's like a meat or freezer company in America. Um, and then, so he's like, I'm going to go and you know, I hope you're okay with that. And she's like, of course I'm okay with that. But then it turns out that the freezer company gets bought out by someone like much richer, much bigger. 
And he's like, holy fucking shit, I can't believe that like she would approve of that. She knows how important this is to me. I guess I'm not getting married to her. And Kate's like, oh no, I'm so sorry. Meanwhile, she goes to her office, opens the safe, and out come the contracts of the freezer company that she just bought. <laughs> it's that kind of book, okay? Um, and so she's all heartbroken, and she, sorry, he's all heartbroken. She lets him grieve. And then afterwards, she's like, are you going to get over this bitch or what? She fucking betrayed you. And he's like, sure. And she's like, okay, let's have sex. They have sex. Boom. They get married. And he fucking loves her. He's like, how could I have been so blind? And so <laughs> thus begins her chest movement. So she, they have a baby. His name is Tony. And the next part is Tony. Sorry. And by the way, that's the most romantic part of the story. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up dying in, in a mine explosion. He goes to the war and she's like, I want to be like, I want to sell weapons now. And he's like, no, we're rich beyond belief. We're going to be rich for like generations. And she's like, oh, okay. But like, I want to make guns. <laughs> and he's like, we don't need that. But okay, I'm going to go fight in the war. And so he goes to fight in the war. And while he's gone, she's like, okay, we're making guns now. <laughs> for the allies. So this is what I thought was really interesting. Even though she's like this evil corporate monster, she's not a racist because she supports the African revolution and she supplies them with money. She supplies Bando with money so that, you know, she's like, how can I help? Can I give you money? And he's like, money always helps. She's like, here's fucking 15 bags of gold. <laughs> he's like, thank you so much, Kate. You're such a great hero to the revolution. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, One moment, then, please. Yeah, and so the, her reasoning for like making weapons, she's like, the allies need us to make these fucking tanks. <laughs> we're gonna make money, but we're also gonna help them win the war. And so, you know, she also smuggles um, Jews. She makes like an underground railroad for Jews. <laughs> That's a lot. So she's a good person, you guys. Meanwhile, he goes to, yeah, she basically manufactures the they manufacture the, the weapons. He comes back. He's like, damn, bitch, but you changed. And she's like, maybe I have changed. But I still love you. And he's like, mm, I still love you, too. And then he dies in a mine explosion. This and legit sounds like a Colombian telenovela. Yes. It's, like, very strange to me that there are no Hispanic people. In <laughs> uh, no. Banda is our only person of color. Um, <laughs> and he just comes in and out. He's like this like cool, super cool, like spy almost. Like he just can move in the, sh whatever. He's, he's super cool. More Banda. Justice for Banda. So, okay. So she's pregnant when she finds out that Jamie has died in the explosion at the diamond mine. And she immediately goes into labor and like poops out Tony. And so Tony is like a, a very beautiful but sensitive boy. And she's like, I can't wait to you for you to inherit the company. And he's like, okay. But he says a stutterer, but he only stutters around her. With everyone else, he talks normal. But he's like a crazy, he's like stutters like crazy when he's around her. And he's like, well, actually, mom, I want to be an artist. And she's like, what the fuck? You want to be a fucking artist? And you want to take over my company? And he's like, actually, I want to be, you know, I want to be an artist. I want to give it a shot. And she says, fine. So she says, okay, go to business school, try it out. If it doesn't work out, I'll pay for you to go to artist school, <laughs> go to Paris and like intern with like these fucking people. And so that's how it works out. He's like, okay, I did fucking two years of business school. Can I please go to Paris now? She's like, okay, fine. If that's what you want, that's what you want. He goes over there. He ends up like, you know, developing beautifully. He meets this woman. She's like the woman of his fucking dreams. And then his mom comes to visit and she's like, well, how are you doing? And she doesn't like really get along with the, the girlfriend. And she says, we need to have like a big show for all of your, for all of your, um, 
for all of your for all the all of the critics to see your work. So she sets it up for him. And the biggest critic in Paris comes to see, like he's selling paintings left and right. Everybody loves his shit, but the biggest critic in the art world sees his stuff and he's like, okay, cool. He leaves. And then, then the next day when the paper's published, he's got a horrible review. It's like, oh, this guy, whatever. His paintings are his paintings are no, no, no. His paintings are only good for like a doctor's office. And it crushes his fucking spirit. And he says, you know what, mom? I guess this isn't for me. I'm gonna go run the company now. So he goes and he runs the company. <laughs> she, paid, she paid him, didn't she? She paid the sure did, but but wait, there's more. He's running the company. He's actually doing a really good job because despite being a true artist at heart, he actually has the genes to be an ex like they get, which is more powerful and more powerful and more powerful. Um, and he, uh, they own a bunch of like companies. And one day they're like looking through a magazine and he sees like a model. He's like, what the fuck is that? He's like, that looks like the girl that I was dating in Paris. And so he like looks her up and it turns out that she works for one of the companies that they own. And then he goes over and he's like, when did you meet my mother? And she's like, what, what are you talking about? I don't know, I never met your mother. And he's like, she fucking paid you to like be my girlfriend and take care of me in Paris. And she's like, it's not like that. He's like, I hate you. <laughs> and she's like, and then he leaves and she's like, I didn't lie about loving you, Tony. I didn't lie about that. <laughs> But she's gone. Closes the door. Okay, please tell me that this woman like gets her just like. Oh, I hope she doesn't. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to tell you just yet because there's more. So he really resents his mom. He resents her. He doesn't know. He doesn't know yet about the about the painting the the painting critic guy though. He is running the company, also uh, by being, and then so his mom wants to do a merger with another uh, some other family. So she sets it up. So there's like these two like available bachelorettes, and she starts like pushing him really hard to get married with one of them. And he's like, "Whatever, I'm not gonna do what my mom wants me to do." God, I've already like done that path before. And he's like, "Stay out of my life, mom." And she's like, "Fine, whatever, fine. I'm not gonna try to influence you." But she's clearly trying to. It's like she's being super open about it. He ends up falling in love with the other girl um, that's already engaged and whatever. And when he does marry her, they elope. And he's like, mother, I hope that you're happy with what I decided. And she's like, of course I'm happy. That's what I wanted all along. <laughs> Cause she knows he's gonna do the opposite of what she wants. So then they get married and they have all of these illusions about having a big family, but the girl, she fucking faints. She goes to the hospital and the doctor's like, yo, Cancer. You have this like brain thing. And if you're thinking about like having a family, you really shouldn't because like if you have a baby, they'll probably kill you. And she's like, oh no, I'm so devastated. I really wanted a family with Tony. She goes to talk to Kate, like La Suegra. And Kate's like, ah, how dare that doctor scare you into thinking that you can't have a family. You go and have bareback sex with my son and give me a grandson because it's what you deserve. And she's like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. She fucks, <laughs> sorry guys. She has sex with her husband. She gets pregnant. And then the doctor's like, whoa, I can't believe that you're like pregnant. And she's like, whatever, I'll face the consequences. So she has the baby and she has the babies. She has twins. And in the middle of the birth, she fucking flatlines and she dies and the twins are okay. And Kate's super happy. And then Tony is like, man, that sucks. My wife is dead. The doctor is like, yeah, I told her not to have those babies, but your mom convinced her not to 
not to, <laughs> your mom convinced her to have the babies anyway. And he's like, what? And then for some reason, he also finds out that the mom paid off the critic and he fucking snaps. He goes to the fucking house and shoot. He loads a gun and he empties it on his mom. Yes. But that doesn't keep Kate Blackwell down. That's she's wearing a bulletproof vest because she's been wearing one every no, day. She, fucking, she gets shot in the neck and like by one inch, she <laughs> she doesn't die. And she he ends up getting institutionalized and later down the line, she's like, I guess the most gentle thing for me to do right now is to have him lobotomized. And so she has him lobotomized and that's, so she, <laughs> your face. And so come the last, the very last part of the book, um, I might be skipping some other things, but basically he ends up having like these, they have these twins, right? And then Kate is actually, this is for me, what I told my mom is like the weakest part of the book because it has the least amount of Kate in it. It's just about the girls. And it is the most ridiculous and stupidest. Like, I feel like we could have, it could have just, the book was really ridiculous, but like, in an, I was really into it. And then this last chapter happened and I was like, you know, because it's whatever. And it's similar to, to like, oh, this evil is genetic because she doesn't get raised by anybody evil, but one of the twins is like super evil. Y la otra una pendeja. Like, like the girl from Andrea's book. Wait, but she, who's raising the twins? Uh, Kate. But she's not like raising them. You know, she like has them in school or whatever. Yeah. So very early on, the evil twin tries to kill the good the good twin by... Okay, so you, were, you meant like evil, evil. Not what? like, oh, I I'm a bully. Like, no, no. She is. tries to murder her very early. <laughs> Sorry, in her life. And then Kate's just like, oh my God, this like twin, she's like super accident prone. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she tries to burn her. She tries to light her on fire and kill her on her birthday. And Kate's like, like, oh my God, God. like that's crazy. Wow, I guess I should send them to boarding school. And then so she sends them to boarding school. And then the evil twin starts having like promiscuous sex with like everybody. And whatever, it all shakes out that Kate Blackwell ends up finding out and she kicks her out of the family and is like whatever you're not getting my you're not getting your inheritance you're not like part of the family anymore get out i only want the good twin and the evil twin's like wow grandma fuck you and she basically starts this whole huge con game uh and poses as her sister and get hooks up with this guy and convinces that guy to get married to the sister because this is somehow going to get her inheritance back um but then ends up with the plastic surgeon and you can tell this is the part that I didn't really like super focus on. But basically the guy goes to jail because he's an evil abuser and he kills prostitutes. And the stupid twin ends up falling in love and having a happily ever after, but she's like too stupid and she gives up her, her inheritance. And the evil twin gets married to a plastic surgeon who is supposed to fix her face after an accident, but instead makes her super ugly because he's like, no one's gonna love you more than me, babe. And so... <laughs> Then they're all at the party, and Kate's like looking at all of them. And the I think the young the good twin has a baby, and or something, and she starts to like pull the strings on the baby as well, oh, like on the baby's life as well. The end. The baby's just holding a knife. The baby's like, "Hey, grandma." So I asked my mom. <laughs> <laughs> why this book 
And I think that she enjoyed it for the same reasons that I'm I'm literally just like, it's just crazy. It's a crazy, super entertaining book. I couldn't stop reading it. I was like, this is stupid. Ah, more, <laughs> more, ah, give me that. <laughs> it was really, uh, it was really, um, it was really intense. I would just like scream in certain parts. Like when I, when I, when I read the part where Tony shoots his mom, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have to say that I really enjoyed it when I talked to my mom about it, you know, again, she just said, you know, you wanted me to recommend a book to you. And so I recommended this one because it's for my favorite author and it's like my go-to. Uh, and then I, Wait, I asked he's her read like, that He's read that entire thing more than once. Yes. And yeah, she's read these books multiple times. So when I asked her to recommend it, she was like, that's, you know, she said this one. I went, okay, I'm not going to read the kiss. That sounds like too vanilla for me. I don't think that there's any hitting. I just think this is like my mom's like preferred flavor of just escapism and hearing about this evil woman, like manipulating all the people in her life. Um, it's like the exact opposite of La Madrastra where she's like a, she's basically a martyr and all oh, she does yeah. is cry. And oh then, I don't know, she does is cry. This lady like literally just runs the show from the start. As soon as like, as soon as she is able to, she is manipulating everyone. The only person that she's not able to like straight up like affect is her mom who dies of cancer and her dad who died before. No, she just knows exactly what buttons to push and she's an evil, evil controlling person. But that's just like a fun thing to watch. You know, it's like a fun uh, ride. I think that I think that it would have it would have been a little bit more compelling if that last chapter didn't didn't exclude her. She's only like a a small participant in that. Like she just comes in and is like, wow, what's going on with the twins? And then like exit scene. She doesn't do much there. But I would have been more, uh, I guess, intrigued by her had she been like a more well-rounded character. Like she definitely, there's never a doubt that she's going to succeed. And she does. She succeeds, makes money, succeeds, makes money. The plans, they fall through. There's never like a moment where you think, Maybe this isn't going to work out. No, she's got it. Yeah. And I think that maybe adding a little bit of like risk of that happening would have made this a more interesting read for me. Um, but that being said, whatever. Like I had gotten like that, like a 75% into the book and I was like, well, what's next? You know? So I would also wonder what her motivation is though. Cause like she's not in love with anybody she has all this money the company it's always the company the company the company and if so if this was going to be a romance it's it's a capitalist one it is definitely like she's in love with the money her romance is the dollar bill and that's 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 it so she asked me if she, i asked her sorry if i she would recommend this and she was like fuck yeah i think this is good like if it's not your cup of tea just bow out after the first chapter but honestly this is like just read it really quickly, spend the time, escape, and then back to reality. Like, just Kate Blackwell stays in this book, and that's it. So, yeah. <laughs> that was my book. <laughs> what did you What did you rate it? I forget. So, I gave it three stars as well, but very much for the same reasons that you also, because I didn't want to hurt my mom's feelings. Because even <laughs> though it was a, a crazy, dramatic ride, I didn't find it to be again like that interesting to say that I liked it like two stars is like I tolerated it you know (laughs) and especially that last chapter with the stupid the the twins and the way that he I mean I'm not a fan of how he writes his female character not even with Kate you know they're just all like emotional idiots just idiots they're just like 
dick crazy. They love the men in their lives, even though they're trash idiots. <laughs> and, um, or they're just complete fucking doormats. There's like no, there's no balance. Um, yeah. And Kate may as well just have been like a man in this book. Yeah. For the way that she's written, even though she's like always looking great. She's always looking so much younger than her age. She's not a wrinkle. You know, she's 80, but she looks 50. You know, she's just using that <laughs> ole shit. And, you know, she, 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 you know, she, she's perfect. And she was almost a little too perfect. So for those reasons, I enjoyed it. But I, you know, left to my own devices, I probably would have just given it two stars because I, I liked it, but not like that much. My mom was like really worried too. She's like, no. You're not gonna enjoy my book. Um, I'm gonna be the only mom with a book that uh, you guys didn't like. And I told her, I said, "Mom, one who rated my book truly, honestly." Yeah. Well, we. Well, I mean, me and Tasha just gave it one star extra. Come on, okay. For our mom's sake, of all people, you know. <laughs> that was just me summarizing the book for you, by the way. Like that was. <laughs> I write from from you doing that summary. I was like. <laughs> it's interesting how different the genres are like we each requested a romance book and then you got like this telenovela intense colombian family drama and andrea got like a romance involving like ghosts and shaming and then mine also has ghosts but alcoholism <laughs> and harry connick jr and murder. Yeah, but yours was like yours was like the dark sexy kind of thing and mine was like very like my book was very chaste very sweet very like there's not they do have sex at one point but it's not really like described you know it's mostly just like kissing and stuff um it's definitely very very like i wouldn't i wouldn't rate it past the pg-13 <laughs> At no, one my, point, my, the main character in my book is like, that ghost, I hate him, but I'm like, very wet. <laughs> <laughs> like, it talks about, he, the ghost is like, I can tell this is what you want from the moisture between your legs. And she's like, eh, it is what I want. <laughs> um, the, the sex in this book is just so, it was not, it was not cute. I mean, it did, it did what it had to do. But a lot of the sex in this is just really manipulative. It's really like I'm gonna have. Let me try I'm to find the sex scene in mine. And and the one and there is a rape in the twin part. There is like a very brutal rape that happens, and that's the guy that she ends up the tw the evil twin ends up manipulating to marry her sister. And I was like, ah, I hate everything about this. But yeah, it, it's very like clinical. Like I don't even know what part it is. There's too much of the book to go through. But I know that basically she. I think it's, I don't even know. It's one of those things where she's like, well, we should do guns now, honey. And he's like, we don't need guns. And she like takes off her top and like just grinds circles on his crotch. And they're having sex on the, on the plush rug. And he's like, what was, what were you saying? She's like, nothing. We're doing weapons now. Yeah. They, they really don't say anything. I mean, obviously she's a virgin. So mm -hmm. it's one of those like scenes and she's just like, oh, teach me. Teach me how to love you. Because this is her first time, right? So it's like he went slowly, pausing now and then, waiting while she adjusted to this new emotion. Nelly, he murmured. Nelly! His face blinded with passion. Nelly's eyes opened. He was hurting her, it was true. But this building force in him, this overpowering passion she felt in him, touched some inner deep woman's core of her. 
and she lifted herself higher to receive him. Like this is the kind of like descriptions that were, you know, it's it was it was very flowery. I want to say thanks to our moms for recommending these books to us and um and <laughs> igniting this lively discussion. Um, I didn't, I, you know, I think we were like, what would they say about her? But I think that that uh, that wouldn't be like a fair thing to ask because I don't want anyone to like define me on my reading taste. Like if they're, I mean, I know I read this book romance with book club and without book club, but I think I read pretty diversely. So I just think that, yeah, and my mom likes the, likes the drama, <laughs> likes a strong female protagonist. That's how I'm going to spin it. Um, but I think it was, it was, um, it was fun to read it and it was fun to talk to her about it. I realized that we'd never like actually done that. So it was, it was cool. Even though it wasn't like a romance, you know, she, she was like, Oh, I don't remember all the details. And I'm like, well, what about the, you know, this? And we just kind of talked about it. And it was sweet. It was like a nice thing that we hadn't ever done before. So that was nice. You know what I kept thinking about is like, if my mom had tried to get me to read this or like any other romance, like, before book club I probably would have been like puking the whole time and I wouldn't have finished it but like you've trained me so well in these past like five years or whatever that I was actually like oh this is like a really fast sweet like traditional romance (laughs) oh she's like a scholar now excuse me (laughs) you're like very much you're like classic like merenguito thanks for just joining us on this crazy adventure um, thank our moms as well for either being truthful or being liars. Uh, <laughs> um, looking at you, Wanda. <laughs> uh, you can catch us on the internet, on Instagram. Uh, you can look at our socials and the details. Don't forget that you can leave us a tip if you like. And um, you can see the links to our various books, uh, websites, and projects. And I hope that you'll join us next um well, not next month, this month, right? To um, talk about Andrea's pick uh, that can be arranged. It's a graphic novel. We're going to get together and then we're going to record and talk about talk about a graphic novel. I'm excited. Also, let us know if you've ever read one of your mom's romances. Yes, I would. Go do it now. If you get inspired, go ask your mom. <laughs> yeah, that would be, yes. That would be cool. I think once you get to a certain age, it's like, you should really try to, you know, befriend your parents because if you have a good relationship, it'll be further strengthened by trying to find. Luckily, we all have kind of like a, a good relationship with our moms. Like we're all on speaking terms. I think I broke my banana. Oh, you squeezed it too much. No, the nipple at the end just kind of. Do you now want it's like me to stop recording. Uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>